Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 6, I believe. And uh, we have been talking about pride. And last week we had, a, we had a message called Identify Pride. And those of you that are listening to this message now, the replay or driving in your car listening, I encourage you to stop and go back to that first message because this will be a continuation of that message. And I have been thinking about this word on pride for several years. In fact, I've wanted to preach this for a long time, but I haven't really gotten permission from the Lord to, to preach this message. I think it's because I needed to, uh, <laughs> uh, through the, with the Lord's help, work on some things first so that I can stand before you, praise the Lord, and, and preach the word of God. But I do believe that when you hear this message in its simplicity and in its power, that you will recognize and understand that there are some things in your life that you have been literally uh, fighting against God. I mean, to the point where God is opposing you. Yes, he's opposing you when pride is an operation in your life. So I want us to go from levels, from grace to grace, to glory to glory, for you know, faith to faith. I want us to increase in our relationship with God. I want us to increase in the results that we have because of a pure relationship with the Lord. I want you to have everything that God has purpose for you to have. And I think there's been an area in our life unknowingly that we have not actually been a candidate to receive everything that God has had for us. And I think in this one area of pride, and we're going to talk about it, we have found ourselves an enemy of God uh, inadvertently or even unknowingly. And so my job is to diagnose this. My job is to help you identify it so that we can eliminate every and all pride that's operating in my life. And the church said, amen. amen. I want us to be on a mission over the next several weeks to eliminate pride from our life. We pick up here in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. It says, these six things the Lord hates, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans. Feet that are swift to running to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies even under earth and he who sows discord among the brethren. And so notice the first thing that the Lord hates. The first thing we see is a proud look. And the Amplified tells us the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. Now, in this message today, it's probably going to be pretty quiet, probably not going to get a lot of amens, and that's completely fine because I've got enough amen stored up on the inside of me that I, I, can, I, I can keep going without another amen, praise the Lord. But I really want to help you. My goal is to help you and, and so that all of us can come to this place that we don't overestimate ourselves and underestimate others. And pride is defined as a high opinion of your own importance 
or superiority, whether in your mind, spoken out of your mouth, or displayed in your conduct. Pride can be defined as anything that leads to arrogance, ostentation, which is a display intended to impress others, pride in self, presumption, pride assumes, and boasting. Pride is also unteachable and opinionated. Pride is unteachable and opinionated, highly opinionated. Pride is the very sin that resulted in Satan's expulsion from heaven. He desired to be God, not to be a servant of God. Notice he desired to be God. Matter of fact, in Isaiah 14, he says, I will be the most high God. And so his intention was to be God, but not to be a servant of God. It's the very nature of the devil. Pride is the very nature of the devil. And you'll never meet a more arrogant individual than the devil. You'll never meet a more arrogant individual. Believers are acting like him. Believers are acting like him. Whether they know it or they don't, they're acting like him. And everyone deals with pride. Everybody in the sound of my voice deals with pride. It's the nature of our, of our flesh. But understand that pride is very difficult to self-diagnose. And so you need help. You need someone to help you identify pride in your life. Because if I were to ask you, you know, are you dealing with pride? You probably would say no. And then you will consider someone on TV who's the most prideful person and say, now that's pride. And that is pride and narcissism and arrogance and egotistical. That is that. But at the same time, uh, and while you pointing the finger at that person, there are three fingers pointing right back at you saying there is pride operating in your life as well. But you have done a great job of disguising it and hiding it. But it is operating in your life. And Romans 12, 3 in the New Living says this, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Now notice it says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Say this after me. I will be honest in the evaluation of myself. Now this is so very important. We have to be honest when we evaluate ourselves. And at some point, you got to hit some sort of maturity level where you, you, you're not the greatest thing since sight's bled. You know, since sight's bread. At some point, you got to look at yourself. Say, I, I am not God's gift to women or to men. I'm not God's gift to this earth. I, I have issues. Yeah. In your early, when you're young, you kind of think I'm invincible. I'm Superman, and and no, everybody should want to be around me. But as you get a little older, you should start evaluating yourselves. When I hit forty, uh, I really start evaluating myself. Like, uh, actually, I'm not that great. <laughs> Uh, I'm not I'm not the best this, that or the other. I mean, I started to really look at myself and have some self-awareness. And that's what I'm going to ask you to do in this series It's to evaluate yourself. And so here's some questions to help identify and help diagnose pride, some indicators in your life that pride is probably in operation in your life. Uh, number one, in no particular order, but number one, do you come across as a know-it-all? Do you come across as a know-it-all or would someone else say, you know what, you're, you're, you're a know-it-all. 
Do you come across as a know-it-all or will someone else evaluate you as a know-it-all? Do you consistently respond with, I know, I know, or I already knew that? Do you consistently respond with, I know, I know, or I already knew that? Do you get irritated if someone tries to teach you something? I, I think you should probably ask the person you're trying to teach. Do, do I get irritated when you try to teach me something? Does it bother you when someone tries to teach you something? Do you often interrupt people mid-sentence and say, I don't mean to interrupt? <laughs> mid-sentence, they're talking. You say, I don't mean to interrupt. That, that's, that's pride. What you're saying is, what I have to say is holy and worthy to be heard by everyone that needs to hear. And what you have to say is nothing. And what I have to say means everything. See, I learned as I, as I matured, Tim, as a preacher, I've learned you just pause. There are certain pauses you do. Let it, let it sink in. My, when I was young, I would preach real fast and it wouldn't let, give y'all time to let it, let it sink in. Pastor's growing, praise the Lord. Do you enjoy proving other people wrong? I mean, does that just float your boat? Just that I proved them wrong. <laughs> Do you often think or say, I know what I'm doing? Do you often think or say, I know what I'm doing? Do you listen to the ideas or wisdom of those you lead or are younger than you? Hmm. Do you listen to the ideas of wisdom of those you lead or are, are, or are younger than you? Some people feel like, you know, young people can't teach me nothing. Do you use big words and then explain them to others? <laughs> now, I know we're evaluating ourselves, but when I was in Bible school, uh, there was this one pastor that would come. And I, I always, I don't know why, but I always had a little issue with him. I, I, I didn't really know why. Everybody else loved him. I never told him about it. They had an issue. But, and he would do this. He would have these big old words that nobody ever heard. And then he would pause and he would explain what the big word was. <laughs> Forgive me. That was, that was just for me. I thought, that, okay, now I know why I had an issue. <laughs> One time he had, a, he had a line. He was laying hands on people and everybody come up and nobody was falling out. And then he stopped and said, everybody need to start falling out. And then, and then everybody started falling out. I said, okay, 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 okay. Forgive me. That was, that was just for me, not for y'all. I said, man, this, this guy, something about this guy. All right. Do you despise people? Do you despise people of other political beliefs? Do you despise people of other political beliefs? Uh, that simply means I'm right and you're wrong. Do you often share with others your list of credentials? Do you often share with others your list of credentials? Now, side note here, when you are on an interview, I need, I need to put this in here. When you're on an interview, especially a high-level interview, and you're, you're, you want to be a candidate for a high-level job, and, and this job gives you influence and notoriety, you can't come in there as if you don't have any credentials. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. You need to go into that interview 
and let them know what you have accomplished, what has taken place, because they don't know unless you tell them. And you are competing against others. So you're not, at that point, you're not acting in pride. You are informing the interviewer of what people have said about you or the accomplishments that you have because they don't know. I've seen too many people, too many believers, matter of fact, don't get high level jobs because they were too, quote unquote, humble in the interview. No, no, in the interview, let them know, listen, uh, they ask you a question, let them know. I actually do uh, have experience in this area and blah, 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 blah. Because uh, when you get to high-level interviews, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's close who they decide in between. And if you come across like, well, I don't have anything to do. Do you have any experience with that? Well, I don't want to be too prideful. No, you better tell them. You better tell them, I got some experience in that area. Yes, I do, and I can help. And so the question here is, do you often share with others your list of credentials? Now, in an interview, you need to do that, okay? But when you're walking around town, walking up to somebody in Walmart, telling them your list of credentials, that's probably an issue. When you're in a conversation with someone, you lay down all the stuff you've done, and I've got a degree in this, and I've got this and that, uh, there's some pride operating in your life. Do you take more time than allot it? Now, this is so very important. Do you take more time than allotted? Someone gives you a specific amount of time. Hey, can you give a presentation and I want you to take 10 minutes and you take 25 minutes? Uh, 10 minutes was what you had. The, the, the 15 minutes after was all pride. I love it when I'll see ministers sometime and, and they'll be uh, they'll be at someone's church and, and they'll turn to the pastor. Pastor, do you give me 10 more minutes? No, nah, brother. Time is up. Time is up. You should have used your time a little wisely. Matter of fact, I saw one pastor, uh, the guest speaker turned to said, Pastor, will you give me 10 more minutes? And that one pastor said, no. And I said, I said, good for him. <laughs> Matter of fact, Stacey and I went to a, a funeral and um, man, this funeral, it was packed and um, pre-COVID days. It was, I mean, we was on top of each other. And um, the, the, the guest minister, they gave him, I think they had given him 15 minutes now you can get that done. I can get a funeral done. I can get a funeral done in two minutes. I don't, I don't, I don't need a lot of time. You can get it done. Whatever time they give you, get it done. But no, you want first giving on to cut all that out and go straight to the, in, into what you need to say. And so they given this guy 15 minutes. He was up there and yeah, and he was doing all that. And I was like, man, you better get to it because they was, they was, they was on the time and cause they had rented that building where to get out. I knew that too. And, and he, he went on and doing all that, trying to preach. And I, I said, bro, you better get going. You better get going. Finally, right at the end. That, it, the, 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 the pastor, it was a, it was a female pastor. She got up and she said, time is up. And he said, I just need a little more time. And she said, no, time is up. And there was this big battle between these two in the whole funeral where the man, it turned to, to about him. You ain't giving me enough time to honor the, no, we did give you enough time to do it. And they, they were arguing up there, but I, I appreciated that pastor. She sat him down. She showed up there. That was all pride. Every last bit of it was pride. It went, I need to get this out. No, it's pride. If you've been allotted 10 minutes and you go 20 minutes, 10 minutes of that was pride. And the rest is what was allotted to you. Understand that. Here's another one. Are you often late? Got quiet up in this (laughs) Holy Ghost filled church. Are you often late to appointments, meetings, dinner, etc.? 
You, here's what, well, I'm just, I'm just a late person. No, you think your time is more important than their time. Well, I just, I'm just moving slow. No, you're not moving slow. You think you're more important than the other person. I was telling Stacey this as I was studying this week. I used to date a girl, and um, it didn't last long. I'm about to tell you why. And she was like, hey, you know, we would get to know each other. And they said, let's go out to eat, and we'd meet at this restaurant. She'll show up 45 minutes late. And I'd be like, what, what's going on? She, now, she would text and say, I'm on my way and all this and that. And it's 45. I'm like, what's going on? Well, I just couldn't get to moving. I, I just couldn't. I, I tried to get out there. I just couldn't get to moving. I said, okay, all right. Next time we go, it's an hour. I said, no, no. I said, this, this is it. This is it. Because I, I said, listen, you're not respecting me. You're, you're only thinking about yourself. And this is it. This is the last time we're going out. Because you're going an hour. Now, five, you know, you know, there's grace and mercy. 45 an hour? Come on now. You're thinking about yourself. And it wasn't no traffic or an emergency. It was simply, I just couldn't get to moving. Whoop! That was it. She missed out on a good thing, didn't she? But uh, that's not pride. That's, that's the truth. Okay, so. <laughs> Are you often late? Check yourself. What other people say you're often late? to appointments, meetings, dinner, etc. Are you sitting here right now thinking how many of these questions apply to someone you know? <laughs> Are you feeling pretty good that none of these signs of pride apply to you? <laughs> that would probably be pride. Proverbs 16, verse 5, Proverbs 16, verse 5 says, everyone proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. Watch that. Be assured, I pledge it, that they will not go unpunished. I mean, when you are operating in pride and arrogance, the Lord is considering that disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive. And so we wonder, God, why haven't you done it for me yet? Why haven't I received it yet? What's taking so long? I submit to you. Look and at your heart and ask yourself, am I disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive to the Lord? Can, can he even trust you with the promotion, with the next level, with the plan and purpose? I mean, if you're filled with pride, you might in turn say you did this thing and not him. And so when you have pride operating on the inside of you. Notice the Lord considers it disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive. Now, there is a difference between confidence and pride. There is a difference between confidence and pride. Real quick, Obadiah 1.3 says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. The pride of your heart has deceived you. When you are in pride, you are deceiving yourself. That's Obadiah 1.3. When you are in pride, you are deceiving yourself. The deception is that you believe the lie you tell yourself. That's the deception. You believe the lie you tell yourself. And this is interesting. I looked this up. The antonyms for the word pride are real, authentic, genuine, humble, and meek. Those are the antonyms for pride. So pride would be false. Because if the anonym is real, that means pride is false. And 
And the deception that you have in your heart is that you believe the lie that you tell yourself and the excuses you give yourself of why you do what you do. You believe that that's the deception. And that's what's operating on the inside of you. Unfortunately, you and I wrestle with low self-esteem and overcompensate through pride. Everybody in here wrestles with some form of low self-esteem. Everybody. And we overcompensate that with pride. And so we want to convince someone else that we're a lot better, a lot further along than we are, that, that, that we, we got a lot more going on than we, than we actually do. That is, all of that is making an impression, and that is pride, every last bit of it. The line between pride and confidence is often hard to discern. The line between pride and confidence is often hard to discern. And the key is understanding where confidence ends and pride begins. We must understand where confidence ends and pride begins. Pride is an overestimation of yourself. Confidence is the result of right understanding and real awareness of yourself. So pride is an overestimation of yourself, but confidence is the result of right understanding and real awareness of who you are, of yourself. Now listen to this. This is so very important. Biblical pride is complete reliance upon what you say about you. Biblical pride is complete reliance on what you say about you. Biblical confidence is complete reliance upon what God says about you. This is the difference. Biblical pride is complete reliance on what you say about you. Biblical confidence is complete reliance on what God says about you. And so that's why we have to understand, are we in confidence or are we in pride? From a biblical standpoint, we have to locate where the root and the source of our motivation and determination lies. And so biblical confidence is always full trust in what God says about us. Say this after me. Biblical confidence is full trust in what God says about me. Now, real quick, don't turn there, but uh, is it Philemon 1.6? Philemon 1.6 says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, watch this. The acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. The acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. This is so important because do you acknowledge that everything good that has happened to you is because of the grace of God? Well, I'm just, I'm just really, really smart. I'm just so intelligent. Um, it, are you just smart or is that by the grace of God? Uh, taking credit for the grace of God is pride. Taking credit for the grace of God is pride. Never leave anyone more impressed with you than they are with the grace of God. 
Let me say it again. Never leave anyone more impressed with you than they are with the grace of God. There was one particular time, and I learned this um, through an experience. I heard a man mention some of these things, and then I experienced it. It was one particular time I was believing God for something, and and, and it came. Glory to God, it manifested. You know, we're excited, right? It, you believe God, it manifested. Hallelujah. And someone asked me about it. How did, how, did, how did you get that thing? And I said, well, I believe God. And, you know, when I, I just believed him, and, man, I believed the God, and, I, and I, I believed the Lord. And I started, I did some confessions, and I did this, and I did that, and God got it. And that person left, and the Lord spoke to me and said, who's that person more impressed with? You? Or me. He left more impressed with me. Look at, look at the faith of Devon. He just believed God and look what happened. Mm-mm. Never let people leave your presence more impressed with you. If, 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 whether intentionally or unintentionally, make sure when they leave your presence, they're more impressed with God's grace. That you are acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. This is so very important. If you really want to eliminate pride in your life, you make sure I've added this to my conversation. By God's grace, we were able to do this or that or the other. Man, by, with the hand of the Lord upon us, we were able to do that, do this, that or another. Uh, there was one particular time we had a worship leader and um, my mom at the time uh, went up to him and said to him, man, that was an anointed service. He said, that's what I do. So who who did she leave more impressed with? The, 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 the power of God manifested in the service or him? Well, he made sure she left more impressed with him because that's what I do. And that, that kind of pride thing, we, we notice that kind of right away, but we don't notice being late. We don't notice that, come on, I need you to meet me at 2 o'clock and you show up at 2.25. That we don't notice that that's pride too. I was talking to my wife about this. We noticed someone on TV and, oh, that is the prideful man. I can't believe that. And then you, 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 you don't look at yourself. And so he said, that's, that's what I do. It's like, no, 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 no. No, no. In those situations, you say, man, this is what I say. When someone says, man, it was a good word, I'll, I'll, I'll typically say to people, how did the Lord help you? What impacted you? How, how did that influence you? You, how did the Lord influence you? Now, don't be phony. Great job, Drew. The Lord. No, 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 no. You don't got to do all that. You could, you could say, and, and you could say, thank you, but turn it to the Lord. It's, it's okay to say thank you, but turn it. Make sure that the conversation goes towards what he's done. Be, be careful. This is this is something, especially when you really start helping helping people and really being a blessing to people. And they, they want to. Oh, you're so amazing. and You're so great. You need to be careful with that and say, thank you. It, the Lord helped us in this. The Lord was with us in this. God was was right there with me. And God gave it. That wasn't me. That was the Lord. That this is the, this is how you stay out of pride. It, it feels good. 
to, to be a blessing. You know, it feels good. I know you, your flesh wants it all. Yeah, it was all you, buddy. It was all you. Your flesh wants that. Yeah, yeah, it was you. All that work, all that prayer you did last night and, and, and all of that study, it was you. Come on, everybody, bow down and worship me. That's what your flesh wants. Bow down and worship to nail. That's what the flesh wants. That's what the flesh wants. But that, no, no, no. You better make sure that people see that it was the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Now, now listen to this. I got something to share with you. Many of us are more proud than confident of who we are in Christ. Now, listen to this statement. Many of us are more proud than confident of who we are in Christ. I'm going to say it one more time. Many of us are more proud than confident of who we are in Christ. And I'm going to give you an example of this. A particular a season, uh, a man, a very godly man, was, got, had gotten very sick. I mean, deathly sick. He was in the hospital, really, really sick. And this was a godly man. I know the man. I know the man loves the Lord. I know he believes the word of God. By God's grace, he battled through that thing, and he, and he got out the hospital, and he's fine now. Glory to God. But he asked me. He said, I just... Don't know what happened. I mean, I believed God. I believed the word. And this thing should have never attacked my body in this way. And I, 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 I just, man, I was doing all the right things. I believe God. And I sh- it shouldn't have come near me. It shouldn't have gotten on me. And, and what happened? Now, he wasn't asking me for, for me to answer. It was a, more of a rhetorical question. So I sat back. I said, man, I sat back. I said, Lord, if he asked me for real, how, did, how should I respond to that? And the Lord spoke to me. Not not then. It was later that night the Lord spoke to me. Because in the conversation, the man said this. He said, I'm the, you know, because I'm the righteousness of God. Amen. Right? He said, um, and, and he went on another thing. He says, you know, I can do all things. You know? And then he said, uh, you, know, and, you know, God shall supply my need. And I was like, hallelujah. That's, that's saying all the right things. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, all of that was pride. I said, how so? He says, because I'm the righteousness of God. We, let's finish that verse. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Through faith in Christ Jesus. So when we now, who is this verse about? It's about Christ Jesus. And I am the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus. That's no longer pride. That's confidence. But if I simply say I'm the righteousness of God, now I'm in pride. Uh, here's another one. Uh, I can do all things. I'm guilty. So I can do all things. But what does the rest of the verse say? Through Christ who strengthens me. We leave off that part. And we just say I can do all things. That alone is pride. But you know, you know, what's, you know what's why it's pride? Because it's not true. Pride's never true. I can do all things. It's not true. Because you need Christ to strengthen you. So another one, God shall supply. Well, I say, you know, God, my God shall supply. Oh, yeah, you supply. Well, rest of the, rest of the, rest of the verse. According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Come on, we can't leave out Christ Jesus out of this. 
We got to include them in it. And many of us have become more prideful than we are confident in the word of God. And this man, the Lord hasn't given me the release to share with him, but this man was, I was, I'm just wondering what happened, what happened? And the Lord told me he, he was doing it in himself and he wasn't including me and it sounded good. See, these are just small adjustments that, that, that affect major results. Why am I not getting results? It's probably something small. Now, notice I didn't use the word minor because it's major. It's something small that you are not getting the results that you desire. And, and if you begin to evaluate yourself, you'll start to see that there has been some pride in your life. I, I'm ta- I use that example of the man. I'm guilty of the same thing. Until, I, until the Lord revealed it to me, I was doing the same. I'm the righteousness of God. Well, not by yourself, you're not. It's got to be through Christ. I can do all things. No, you can't. Not without, according to uh, his grace, you know, according to his riches, you know, uh, God shall supply. How? According to his riches, you know, and these are the areas in our lives that we are to never forget these significant words in him, in Christ, through Christ or by Christ. Say this with me in him, in Christ, through Christ, by Christ. This is important. This is important right here, that we are including him and not by ourselves. Not by ourselves. We have to include him. Now, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that were asked of him. Notice the first part of this verse says, this is the confidence that we have in who? Him. Not confidence we have in ourselves. Now, this is the confidence that I have in Devon. That if I ask God anything, no. It's confidence we have in him. And and if it's according to its will, it's got to be according to his word. The word of God is the will of God. So we're confident in him. God said it. That settles it. I'm confident in him. So if I ask according to his word and his will, I can expect to receive answers from God. That's where the confidence lies. The confidence does not lie in me or in my abilities or in my credentials or my education or or simply my intelligence or good looks it doesn't rely on me i have to be confident in him because it's in him we move it's in him we breathe and it's in him we have our very existence and being so we have to be confident in him philippians chapter 3 verse 3 through 10 philippians chapter 3 verse 3 through 10 I'm actually going to turn there in my Bible here. I believe. Come on, somebody shout, I believe. believe. Paul's talking here, and he he says in verse 3, For we are the circumcision, that means we have a covenant with God, who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. None. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Now he's saying, I am highly credentialed. 
I have honors and, and reward and awards and, and I've got uh, things that I have gone through that has that people will say about me. And I've got all these accolades. I'm highly credentialed, but I will put no confidence in any of that. He says, look, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning which is uh, the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. He's literally saying, I was blameless against all of the law. This is what he's saying. No one could put any blame on me. Verse 7, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Now let's pause here. All these things are, are, are mine, but I consider them loss for Christ. Say for Christ. Everything I have means nothing unless it's for Christ. It's got to be for him. And if you let, let's translate that word Christ, it's the anointed one and his anointing, or we just sung about this, the anointing. Everything that I've uh, acclaimed over the years is lost for the anointing that's on my life. Glory be to God. Look at verse eight. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Or that word rubbish is also the word dung which is poop, that I, may, that I may gain Christ. Somebody shout that I may gain Christ. This is saying everything that I have is nothing in order for me to gain Christ. Christ is the most important one. The anointing is the most important thing. Go to the next verse. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is just filthy rags, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. Now look at verse 10. That I may know him. This should be our desire. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul is saying here, all these other things I've accomplished in life mean nothing except for the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my determined purpose is to know him. My credentials mean nothing. I've got no confidence in my flesh or my abilities. My determined purpose is to know him and the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering simply means I want to feel what he feels. That's what fellowship of the suffering means. I want to feel what Jesus feels. I want to fellowship with them. I want to, what are you feeling, Lord? I want to feel the same thing. You can't do that if you feel with pride. You can't feel what he feels if you, if you're thinking about yourself all the time. You can't feel what you feel if you are on your brain the entire time. He says, I want to feel what he feels. I want to fellowship in the sufferings. I want to be conformed to his death. I want to be, I want to be right there with him in his death. That's humility saying, I want to give up my life entirely so that I can live the life Jesus wants me to live. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www 
www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.